What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Martin, with Intuitive Minds Podcast. This is episode 49, and today's guest, we have Deputy Editor of Complex and Pop Culture, Cal. How are you today, man? I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. It's uh, 2021. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's good to see us get yeah. out of 2020. <laughs> hopefully, it's going to be a, a brighter year than, than the last one was. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, we got the vaccine rolling now, so we'll see how that goes. And Fingers we'll, crossed. Fingers, yep, yep. So everybody can shake and move in the streets because the streets look empty, man. <laughs> For real, big facts. <laughs> the streets look empty. So, but um, now break down on who who Cal is and how you got started and and stuff like that. Where you're from and stuff. Break it down. I uh, I represent Jersey. Uh, born and born and raised. Still living in Jersey. I probably you know hanging out the pasture out here as well. Um, I uh. You know, I've been at Complex for about eight years, but I it was never like I didn't go to school for like journalism or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I would I when I was going to college, I was going I was on like a communications track. I never finished. But um, when I was at college, I started writing. I started writing some poetry, um, writing reviews of music. And I think that's kind of I always had a love. Uh, I've always loved music since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh I realized as I was getting, you know, into my early 20s that, you know, the the best way with with my skills, the best way to get music advanced, like, you know, a a month or two or, you know, be like, hey, I'll write a review for whatever site. Mm -hmm. And um, I started to realize that, you know, I kind of had a I kind of had a knack for, you know, being able to churn out, you know, quick reviews, you know, interviews, things like that, and, and be able to hear what was coming out before it came out. So that kind of started and I, I i there's a lot of sites that i used to write for that no longer like, you can't find the content anywhere they're so mm-hmm. old but um you know it, it it went from doing that to you know building my own blog mm-hmm. um about 15 15 years ago now and um networking in the hip-hop blogosphere then and um, when i heard a, a there was a job opportunity coming up at complex to run they were um starting a, a dance music website at the time um and i, I had a background in covering a lot of that stuff and, and this through, was like at the very very beginning of complex too when well, it first started out and well yeah well you think yeah it was it was it was well, to be honest it was round like i knew people you know in and out you know i, I knew a lot especially a lot of bloggers who were uh mm-hmm. you know affiliated with the um their ad network and things like that. Um, they started um, the site, which became Do Android Stands. I got hired in 2012, but um, and, and it started in 2013. So this this was uh, the magazine was still a thing. Um, their YouTube was it didn't even exist at that time. They were doing video, but they were trying mm-hmm. to do video on their own site. You know what I mean? And I think mm-hmm. within the years, the first year or so I was there, there was a, a huge shift. Um, to kind of bring things in house and um, you know, really, really get popping on YouTube, turning into what they became today. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was it was interesting to get in when you know seeing people pass a <laughs> pass a copy for the for the magazine, right. you know, edits and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but also being so engrossed in you know the growing online culture that was there. Um, it, it, I don't know, it was it was just a really interesting time, and I, you know, again, it's been going on eight years and. Through that time, they shut down the website I was at, but they realized that, you know, hey, you you really do like a lot of movies and TV. So, you know, I, I worked my way up again. I started doing social stuff, worked up to like staff writer. And then for the last couple of years, I, you know, got the role of basically overseeing the uh, pop culture channel at Complex. Now, growing up, obviously, you mentioned music and stuff like that. Who are some of your inspirations music-wise growing up, like your favorite artists and some of the favorite albums and favorite lyrics that still you take with you as like a message and like apply Mm. it to life? 
Oh, that's interesting. That's, I mean, I think, you know, again, being a, a, a kid who grew up in the 80s, I, I got to see hip hop, you know, re- like every day I would come from home from school and be watching, uh, you know, your own TV raps and Rap City, right. things like that. So, you know, guys like KRS-One, you know, my philosophy was always a big one. Nice. Um, you know, Eric B and Rakim, I, I loved uh, Microphone Fiend. Like, I, mm-hmm. Eric, I, you know, Eric B for President is a great yeah, song, but, you know, Mike. My microphone theme was my joint, um, but and as I the started E-F-F-E-C-T. getting F F E C T, yeah, yeah, <laughs> classic, oh, classic man. boom bap, yeah, I love it. Um, but as I started getting older, you know, I started getting more into you know guys like Red Man, you know, again a a, a, a home state hero, uh, mm-hmm. you know, acts like the Fugees were big to me when I was when I was growing up, you know, stuff that you know I I, I always looked for a dope beat, but I also wanted dope lyrics too, and it, it's it's. You know, it's why I think there was a time where I would hear stuff that was popular and I'm kind of like, that's cool. But mm-hmm. now I'm now that as I'm getting older, I'm appreciating, you know, getting to see guys like Freddie Gibbs or uh, the, the the cats at uh, Griselda who are right. who are really, mm-hmm. you know, they're lyrically, you know, heavyweight. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I, I inject that into my veins all day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you did you end up watching the Redman uh, Drink Champs interview? I've not. I've actually I. Drink Champs is one of those those podcasts that is not in my regular rotation, sadly right. enough. Um, but I like I I still need that Pharrell's three hour interview. I still need to sit down and go through that. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I catch snippets in here and there, you know. And I, it's funny. I was actually looking at Red's uh, Instagram the other day because mm-hmm. he he was a DJ, and I saw him cutting up on the on the turntables mm-hmm. in one mm-hmm. video. He's like putting playlists together. Like I I need to check. I really just want to know where his head is at right now because he he's such a uh a gifted and talented artist um and it, he's just let's just say you remember that house that he used on mtv cribs yes that raggedy house that he was like this is where i live this is he actually he still stays there he's like i still stay there i love and, it that, and I he was like it. i still stay there just chill smoke weed and just you know <laughs> and just rap and i was like holy fuck he's just chilling just collecting yeah. checks and just like all right cool and then what threw me off was like i didn't know he he went out with faith evans that oh really threw me off i was like wait what wait wait like back in the day or now yeah back back like way back in the day way before there was a big and the because you know jersey jersey people right from like right the same, right the same high school i think or sometimes some some type of connection like that makes sense. that threw me i was like yo that's kind of dope like how hip-hop kind of connects like that facts Facts. That's crazy. Um, yeah, especially coming from where they come from. So that's yeah. why you know that's why I mentioned that because like you said mentioned Jersey and I was like so it's kind of an interesting interview to watch especially if you like Redman. It's, it's that'll, very, I'll do that after we talk. I'll, I'll fire that one up on the YouTube. Yeah, because that's that I, had, I was glued in. Mm. I was glued in, and he was just telling interesting stories about the Branson where they used to get their weed. Like <laughs> you know, Nori and and Redman, they know each other. You know what right. I mean? They used to get their weed from Branson, and I was yeah. like. Branson and Harlem. That's right. That's right. So it's like all this New York shit. And it's Branson, like, one of the first weed dealers I think I ever heard mm-hmm. shouted out on an album. That's mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> he was like the, the dispensary of dispensaries. Right. And, uh, yeah. He literally was. You can just go get, I mean, Biggie mentioned, mentioned him, you know? What yeah. I mean? Yeah. He's a legend. But um, yeah. But yeah, it's a very interesting interview. Definitely, definitely check it out. Definitely. Yeah, you know what I mean? Now, when you uh, first wrote your first like published article, what drove you to writing that public like as a writer? You know what? It, it's funny because I 
I've done so much over the years that it's hard to remember what one of my first ones were. I I imagine it was literally just it was either I had something that I needed to say about this particular project or, you know, I, I, I just wanted to, you know see if I could do it. I think that's what a lot of it is. Again, I'm a guy who didn't, I, I didn't go to journalism school. You know, I'm kind of, mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like I'm still learning things about writing, you know, being, you know, X amount of years in the game. And part of my thing is kind of just like, well, there's no other way to get into it, but to do it. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you listen to the album, you, you figure out what you like and what you, and I, I think, cause over the years, I remember going in like uh is old like the old double xl site like i i used to see guys like mm-hmm. dart adams and whatnot in uh mm-hmm. in the comment sections all the time and we would go back and forth and i i i don't think about it as often but i do kind of credit those conversations are kind of helping me figure out what it was about my voice and what i wanted to say about music and i know when i first when i was first getting into some of those early reviews i remember writing like uh writing about commons album b and kind mm-hmm. of just being like yeah i did th- th- I, this is speaking to me in a certain way. I love these, you know, these tracks or whatever, and kind of just really trying to flex. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was, it was all about just wanting to get my voice heard, um, while also, you know, trying to put put a foundation down to hopefully, you know, I, I didn't know my my path would turn up at Complex or you know be doing what I've been doing, but you know, kind of building a foundation and hoping that something could come out of it mm-hmm. as a uh, as a writer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what was that? That's a great album too. The Becoming. That's a beautiful. Yeah, beautiful, yeah, beautiful album. Which track stood out to you the most? Uh, actually, you know what? Let me go through that because I don't want to miss. And I actually got clowned for buying that album as a CD. My friends clowned. He's like, "Why are you listening to that?" I'm like, "Because that's because my favorite rapper is Nas." So yeah, see where I'm coming from. Right. I didn't understand that, and then, so it's like you, it's like I like conscious rap, but I also like that lyrical wordplay rap. Yeah, you know see, what I mean? so you say lyrical word. I think it's testify. Mm-hmm. It might be. T- I, I like. I, I mean, the beat is phenomenal. Just you want to you want to get me throw a, a sample into your machine like that and churn something out like that. I'll listen to it all day. But the mm-hmm. fact that I mean, common being able to weave this story, you know, and 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 it's got twit. Um, for nobody that's watched the video or listened to the song, I don't want to spoil it. But you know, it's it's not just a regular. No, it's you not. know. This is what's going on. This, mm-hmm. this is you know the trajectory of the bad guy. It's it's mm-hmm. it's got a deeper deeper twist. It's like a you know a look. You could turn it into like you know a Hollywood movie if you really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much there, and it's it's I believe it's barely three minutes long. It it felt really short on the album, but uh, I remember running that one back a lot and just being amazed by uh by by the artistry mm-hmm. on again on on both the production and and lyrically. So yeah. I'm probably going to say testify, but there's mm-hmm. you know the corner was a big yeah. one for me. Mm-hmm. As well, mm-hmm. um, was the other one. Uh, I like the the food, the because the, they put the live version on right, there from yeah, the Chappelle yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always love that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I looking back at that album, like damn that that was a. You're right, that was a. a, a it was a, it was a moment in time, and I think just like a really really strong project from Common. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Right, it was, it right. Felt like the, something was going on at that time that it just felt like this is a perfect time to put this out. The war was happening, I think. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I think the, the uh, war was happening. And then uh, Taraji P. Hansen was, or I forgot her last name. Hansen, yeah. Talking. Taraji P. Hansen was yeah, in the video. She was in the video. Um, yeah. Classic. Video. Mm-hmm. Way I before was, Cookie. 
way before Cookie. That's what I think. That's what led to Cookie. Yeah, probably, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, no, because didn't she do Hustle and Flow after that? Like something like it was. It like was around Hustle. The time. Yeah, they were around the same time. They they mm-hmm. might have been within the same year or two. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, I don't think like I'd first seen her in Baby Boy, uh, which probably would have been like four or five oh, years yeah. before <laughs> B came out. But uh, yeah, I think Hustle and Flow would have would have been around that same mid two thousands time that B came out. So yeah, well, yeah, yeah, Baby Boy was like two thousand two. Something like that, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah, early. And then Hustle and Flow was like 2005. Yeah, so that yeah, th- that might have been the same year. I'd have to check and see the year B came out. It might because have been I remember the way it was shot from a, from a, a, an actor's and a director's point of view. I remember the 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 theme it was shot. It almost had that ATL type of aspect theme to right. it. That, that theme, that color, that right. color scheme. It was the same thing. So it might have been around that same time ATL came out. I think those are like the competitors with one another, something like that. That makes that. sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Definitely. So, but um, yeah, man, 30, I'm 31 years old. So, you know, all of this is like way like high school days, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm almost 40. So I was, I, I remember already having a job, but that was the other thing. It was kind of like, I worked these, uh, I don't want to say trash, but just like, you know, I, I didn't want to be doing like, you know, auto insurance, um, customer service, things like that. So when mm-hmm. I had downtime, like I would listen to albums on the way in and out of work. And when I had downtime at work, I would, you know, put my thoughts together. I remember I might've actually wrote, written the B review. I, I, the computer huh. that I had was monitored by my supervisors. So I couldn't be on the internet like that. Mm-hmm. And I might've written out the review on a legal pad and then taken it home <laughs> and written it up on the computers just, just cause I like, I needed, I did, I might not have had the time when I got home to do it, but I wanted to make sure it was at least written so I could send it into uh, the editor of the, of the random site I was working for mm-hmm. it or writing for at that time. I didn't get paid for it, but uh, um, yeah, yeah. It feels like so long ago sure. and it really wasn't, but it feels like it was forever ago. And you said the B coming or what did you, which album did you say? It was B. It was B. Commons B. Um, That's it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. You, I thought you also meant Beanie Siegel's the B coming. I was like, I, I I don't did I re, I don't remember reviewing. I remember listening to that album a yeah. lot though. A lot. I loved the becoming. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great. Oof, too many. Yeah. We're main, we're we're naming so many classes. <laughs> gems. I mean, gems. But I mean, my top five are very New York biased. I've said this millions of times in this podcast. There's like Big L, Beanie Siegel. Mm-hmm. Well, Beanie Siegel's Philly, mm-hmm. but you know, Big L, Beanie Siegel, Big Pun. Mm. Uh, you know, you have Guru from Gangstar, right? Nas, and then that was it. That was that was done for my list. I was like, that's yeah. it. God MCs. Mm-hmm. And it's like you you put them together, and I remember that battle that was supposed to happen. Remember that Mos Def versus Little Wayne thing? How they were going to gather each of them? Yeah. They were going to gather like five MCs each, and they were going to go head to head. And Jay Z picked Mos Def. And he was like, "Yeah, I'm going to go with Mos Def." And it's like, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Crazy. That was a crazy time. Crazy time. I mean, when I came to this country, the Nas and Jay Z beef happened. That's how I got int- most. Of, that's how I mainly got introduced to hip hop. That was the first <laughs> beef I encountered. That's amazing, and 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 it's actually great because those guys both survived the beef and were able to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, make make amends. It wasn't. It, 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 I'm surprised. I'm still surprised that they cooler heads prevailed because it felt like uh, 
you know, th- things could have gotten a, a, a little more, a little more active mm-hmm. if, um, if, if, if they didn't really sit and think about, you know, what had happened to the pox and the, and, and, and the mm-hmm. biggies and things like that. But yeah, that, that's a, that's an insane time to first really start getting into hip hop. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was like, it was like you mentioned Red Man because it was the, one of the first songs I heard Red Man was with the Method Man song, um, Michael mm-hmm. Don't Check Up. Then it don't, thank mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. What's that song called? It, it, was it Mike Checker? Uh, no, no, it's not, it's not Mike Checker. Um, oh, you're talking about uh, Rockwilder. Rockwilder. Rockwilder, yep, mm-hmm. yep. It was a black CD. I remember the black, Yeah, yeah. The Blackout. Yeah, the Blackout yeah, album. Blackout album. That's yeah, one of the first albums I heard. And then Illmatic came after that. And then it was like, all right, hip hop is awesome. And then <laughs> BET, Top 25 Countdown. Mm-hmm. That was my school to hip hop. That's right. how I learned about Eric B and Rakim and all of these random, like their history behind it. Like, you know, Naughty by Nature's original name was going to be the new style. Right, right. You know what I mean? Shit like that. It's insane. It's like, like one thing you're going to find out about the, um, the Pharrell interview. I don't know if you saw the front end one where the, where how he's, he, he gave the front end beat to, to Prince, but Prince didn't like it. I did see that. I did. Mm-hmm. I, that's the only bit from the interview I saw. Mm. Oh, Amazing. Man, yeah, yeah, you got to watch that one, especially because I live in VA too. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's hometown. That's mm-hmm. home team. Mm-hmm. That's home team. So it's like, and I'm and I'm also kind of glad that like Timberland is is still relevant with the verses, you know, right? Keeping it, and then Missy Elliott came out out of nowhere, a little, <laughs> just with a little uppercut and said, "All right, peace out." Word, word, that was, hey. that was, Come come back and let people know what time it is. Mm-hmm. And the video was wild with the hair. I don't know if you saw it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, her, her it, it, she was just doing what she's like growing up. I was in high school when, when Missy started popping off, I might've been a June, a sophomore, sophomore in high school, 10th grade. And, uh, every video was like, damn, like who, who, what type of drugs are are these people on to think about these ideas of 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 fighting robots and space and mm-hmm. you know hanging upside down while you're rapping? There was just so much going on. It was so mm-hmm. unique, so unique. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, back to journalism. For those that aren't too familiar with the role of deputy editor, elaborate a bit on that role. Well, the deputy, and I think back in the day, the deputy editor was kind of just like for the most part they were the final voice like you when when you would have a writer write something then you might have like a copy editor go through it and like a managing editor kind of just to make sure that it, it it's grammatically and technically correct when 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 a piece would go to a deputy editor it would be like okay the voice of the site is this in is, is this in the site's voice and what can be changed around to make it feel more like it's from that outlet mm-hmm. and i think um over the, and I, that's still a big part of especially when i i'm usually the final person that goes over something before it goes up on the right. site but um these days it's it's been it, i think it's still about maintaining the voice of a site but it's it's almost like especially at complex it's it's bigger than that because complex is bigger than that you know it's mm-hmm. i i hand day to day i handle words and concepts you know with my staff writer and you know i'm trying to figure out what does our audience want to read about or what do we need to you know inform them about and educate them about but um now we're doing you know, video content. So right. it, yeah. what what movies or TV shows are, are, is the audience looking into mm-hmm. and how can we, you know, be complex, but be complex 
on YouTube and, you know, having those those real conversations with people, you know, face to face or, you know, with things like Complex Con where they have panels and things like that, you know, what helping develop the questions and the talking points for, you know, to kind of guide these conversations and get the full. So, I mean, because you, you only get an hour worth of time with somebody, you know, this your podcast right. all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you kind of want to, you know, get that structure and make sure that, you know, you're leaving room for, you know, freestyled moments and off the cuff right. remarks but also making sure that the the narrative of the conversation is being held so you know I, I, it might depend on the size of the outlet but i think um uh, the role of a deputy at, at complex role of a deputy editor is kind of just a you know being on top of your your vertical you know again for me it's movies and tv with mm-hmm. you know some video game and some some internet meme stuff as well mm-hmm. but really also trying to help shape what complex says about you know the things that we like and the things that you know we 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 want to call attention to for you know for being bullshit or being you know um um underrepresentative of of what what's going on in the right. world you know wh- whether it's uh telling the stories of, of of you know you know black people living in america or you know diversity in general like you know there there's a lot of things that are underrepresented in hollywood and and i think it's it, I wouldn't be doing my job if if I just kind of glossed over that and you know right. didn't have, yeah. have pieces that really spoke to you know those types of struggles and those types of situations and trying to get past you know the 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 rut that uh, America and, and different industries can be in. So yeah, I mean that's a long winded answer, but kind of, for kind of just saying like you know maintaining the voice, yeah, you know, and and the quality of of a, of a particular almost like an editor in chief. Sort of Un, almost, yeah, you know, it, 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 it's but but just more focused, you know, with, with mm-hmm. in, in, in a particular lane. And again, because we have deputy editors of, of the sports and our style channel, right. they, every vertical exactly they, they've got someone that kind of mans the ship, and then there's someone right. above us who says, okay overall what are we trying to do and, and kind of pass those lessons down to us to put it on a more granular level now outside of like you know working with complex and stuff what are some other things you're passionate to write about some uh well i'm writing a book at all at some point in, in time or i've thought about i i don't know if i it, like if i could get the time to really a wrap my head around like a unique idea for a book and that, there's probably a couple just sitting at the forefront it's just mm-hmm. i don't have the time to dwell on that but like i i grew up as a fan of pro wrestling i still watch pro wrestling to this day nice. <laughs> um so you know and, and again this was I've, I've seen it evolve and i've seen you know a lot of things change and um you know being being a person of color um who's followed it and and, and kind of understands that you know things were kind of you know disrespectful for a number of different you know cultures and, and, and nationalities but seeing that there are women there are black people and there are people from the middle east and you know that that are just as capable or if not more than some of their their counterparts and and, and being able to shine a light on them is always great um i'm also, i'm a big fan of video games too i don't get to play them nearly as much as i want to but you know i like that kind of stuff i'm also and, and the the beauty i was because you mentioned that uh, the beauty about working at complex is kind of like yeah i'm the movie and tv guy right but if you know let's say you know a uh, uh, hulk hogan or somebody passes right. away mm-hmm. nine times out of ten if they need like an obituary style article i would write that just because i have the knowledge base and you know i'm there i would right. i would rather me do it than 
you know, somebody else who, you know, might not be as capable. And again, no disrespect to anybody who, who would need to be writing about it, but you know, they, they would look to me at the very least to kind of like say, okay, what exactly are we trying to say? Well, what's the story here from complex about, you know, what's going on. So I've had a lot of opportunity to interview people kind of outside of my lane, just because complex can be so, so broad in, um, in the things that we cover or, uh, you know, you know, be, be willing to, take a shot on some of these other people because they at some point they fit under the umbrella whether they're a big sneaker head mm-hmm. or you know they they're rapping as well like you know so there's a lot of freedom that i get it's like complex. entertainment pretty it's pretty much entertainment all right punched in one yeah i think uh the homie rich called it a, a couple years back they coined a convergence culture just the idea mm-hmm. of uh you know there's a lot of things going on in the world and there's there's some people that are really good at some things um, but it's the interesting parts are when like LeBron is 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 coming through that 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 hallway, you know, ready to get to the or coming to 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 get ready for a Lakers game, and he's dripped out in like you know some fashion that won't be out for another year or so. Who mm-hmm. are the stylists, you know, and, and trying to dig into those stories because people are multifaceted, just like you know the the people that watch them. So right. I, mm-hmm. I think the, I, the the that stuff is what fascinates me a lot, and it's taken me to a lot of different places. But yeah, wrestling's probably a big one. Um, video games is a big one. Uh, yeah, who would, I think you those, say, who would you say your favorite wrestlers growing up? Growing up, Bret the Hitman Hart was was a big one. That's my favorite one. Uh, yeah, he he was. I, I remember. I remember learning about the backstage stuff at pro wrestling from watching that wrestling with shadows documentary mm-hmm. that, um, that was made about him. That, and, and that kind of stuff took me down the path of finding more documentaries and, and, and just again, cause once you, once you start to see how the sausage is made, you know, in, in, when it comes to, you know, professional wrestling, it's interesting to, uh, see like, it's it's a, it's really it came from a circus culture and it's really a circus behind the scenes you know and good and bad you know but there's a lot of craziness that goes on a lot of you know just wild stories and I think the parallels between uh, the, let me it, like you said you know a lot of this stuff is entertainment I think pro rest, it's the I don't want it's like the base form of entertainment like you know a good right. guy versus mm-hmm. a bad that guy bad. Yeah. you know and everybody can relate to that kind of stuff and they don't try and be more than they are you it's know a what story I mean? so form but in in a, in the sports way in a wrestling form 100 percent, 100 percent. i'll be i'll be watching pro wrestling until you know, again and, and, until i have to hang it all up i feel mm-hmm. like it's it's you know forever entertainment it, and, and i can understand people aren't into it but it, i'm one of those guys who's like i'm into it so i'm like i'm fairly into it i'm, I'm there's probably i probably pissed my wife off a couple of times you know <laughs> in our relationship because i i might have spent too much like wrestlemania is coming so she knows all right I'm not going to be able to interact with him for four or five hours or whatever, right. but you know, it's, it's, it's been, it's literally been my thing since I was like three, four years old. As long as you found the middle ground. No, a hundred percent. I'll, you know, mm-hmm. I let her watch the bachelor. Mm-hmm. I'll go take her to see mm-hmm. 50 shades. Like, you know, we, we do <laughs> find it. And I think it, a lot of it just comes from, you know, you know, growing older and, get, and living with somebody, you know, you kind of mm-hmm. understand each other's beats and, you know, what someone likes and what someone doesn't like. And, and again, you, you meet in the middle Not to yet. try and, you know, spend time together or, you know, try and develop new things together. So, uh, you know, always a work in progress, but you know, Hey, I love her. It's, it's, mm-hmm. she's put up with me and, and, and my insane hours and, and passion. Yeah. So, you know, I can't do anything <laughs> but love her. Yeah. Now, as far as like video games, now let's go to video games. Are you more of a PC guy, or console guy, and are you more like a strategy, action, or adventure? What would you more lean towards on? 
more console i've i've played games on the pc but not a lot i uh grew up uh the, I, I went from the first nintendo system to sega genesis to then like once the the first playstation came out that's the i've only bought playstation since i've currently got a playstation 5 um hooked up to my tv in the living room uh I, and it depends like i i could probably sit and play like a grand theft auto game for for 10 hours if i have no free if i have nothing going on and just free time all day i could knock out easily five hours on on a gta 5 so i really wanted to <laughs> but you know final fantasy you know mm-hmm. so, so it, it depends on 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 the um mm-hmm. it's more the story and if if i and if i'm drawn to it as opposed to you know the genre although i mm-hmm. i play mm-hmm. some sports games but not like i never played I never got into Madden, but when I was younger, I played a lot of like the NHL games and some of the NBA lives too. But mm-hmm. as I've grown up, it's been a little varied. It's kind of just, you know, it is is this style of gaming interesting mm-hmm. to me? Like I'll play Super Smash Brothers. I, I I have a Nintendo Switch, and that's one of the only games I play on it is is Smash Brothers, just because you know I I like fighting with these characters and you know trying to trying to develop my skills but you know gta games are great final fantasy games are always were uh you know big for me as well so yeah it, it, it's more just about the story and the game and if if it, mm-hmm. if it speaks to me or not mm-hmm. see for 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 me it was more of like uh as i mean because as you get older you kind of just get picky with the video games you play when you got when you were a kid you know what i mean you right. your select few and hitman will always be my one Ooh, to go yeah hitman will always be the one like i started playing that in 2000 when it first came out mm-hmm. and was game over and like i'm waiting for the for the hitman 3 right right the series I, to come out i will say I, I i never played the hitman games and then i think um I got a code for Hitman Two, the mo- the most recent one that came mm-hmm. out, and I I might I spent three hours trying to just I because I because I, it, it it rewards you on stealth and yeah. you know ha- how you're able to really maneuver. So mm-hmm. I I would beat a level like the dirtiest quickest way possible, and then I'm like, okay, let me go back in and try this corridor, see if I can you know assume this personality. Challenges, yeah, yeah, it it, it was it, it, it's. I never did end up writing a review on it. I think I got sidetracked. But I mean, when I, I like the idea of, uh, you know, like games I'll play. For, I called it forever games, you know, games I can mm-hmm. play the rest of my life. And I feel like Hitman, the Hitman series, it's it's as long as you give me new maps and interesting ways to, you yeah. know, take mm-hmm. people out and, and, and get to them. I could play those games all day. Mm-hmm. Amazing. The challenges. I'm glad they did that. The challenges portion. Right. I'm glad they added that. Because it was just like a regular single game. Like you beat like 10 missions, it's game over. Goodbye. And then as, as like it progressed, like when PS4 came out, I think is when they started doing the online thing. It's like, okay, here's new challenges. Oh, here's a new, you can even create contracts. Right, right. Beat. That's the beauty of it. It's like you can even, it's just, I was like, yo, they're growing with it. So I'm interested to see what the third one, but, and also strategy games. I'm very big on strategy games. Like I love like uh, Civilization. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love uh, Red Alert. Mm-hmm. Um and a half life for speaking first person, um, mm-hmm. but I'm, and also third third person shooters. I'm very good at. I'm I like and third person adventures. My bad. Got you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like, like give, Uncharted and things like that. Yeah. Give me Tomb Raider. You know what I mean? Yeah. Give me Uncharted. <laughs> give me stuff like that, and yeah, I'll be fine. I'll play those forever. And mm-hmm. then also, uh, I don't know if you've played this new one that came out, uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Did you play? I've that? heard I've heard a lot about it. I've not played it yet, but I hear it's mm-hmm. really good. It's real. Oh man, the color, the way it's 
the way it's like drawn. I don't know whoever drew that and the way whoever like put colors in it. Mm-hmm. It just it melts in your eyes. You know what I mean? It's like wow. It's just like it, you don't get bored of the color scheme. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. beautifully done. Very and then the action, the blood just squirting left and right, just glushing. <laughs> it's just very, 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 very cinematic. Like I'm glad where video games are going. Right. Right. Yeah. They're they're, they're they are little movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're starting to look better than movies, like story wise. That's true as well. Well, I guess that's you know we're getting an uncharted movie. Like you see, you're seeing a lot more of uh, mm-hmm. you know the, the 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 Hollywood taking the, those ideas and turning them, going from games and turning them into full fledged movies, movie mm-hmm. franchises. You know, Resident Evil has how many movies that came out? It's it's mm-hmm. it's insane. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And they keep remaking them. <laughs> remaking them, remaking them. It's like Resident Evil. The new Resident Evil came out. I was like, which one? The second one. That's a remake. <laughs> <laughs> like, but they look crazy. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. we ran an interview, and they did. You know, shouts out to to my one writer. He, he he's good with uh getting those interviews with the companies and the the amount of time they spent on just making sure that they called it wet gore. Just the the idea yeah. of making you know the blood and the entrails and everything like just hanging out like they they really spent a lot of time to not only make it look as realistic as they can but mm-hmm. just make it like sound and feel as disgusting as you would imagine it would be which you know again it's for a game like that where it's about you know zombies and blowing blowing up you know mm-hmm. these decrepit bodies like you know it it I wanted to feel like I needed to feel like that for it to really you know scare the shit out of me which is what they do on a regular basis <laughs> that's awesome that's fucking awesome <laughs> um now working with complex you know and, and such a pace obviously and then working with Rich Antonelli and Mark Echo with mm-hmm. legends you know what's that relationship like and how is it working with them on a day-to-day basis it's you know i i i didn't i've not spent as much like when i first got there mark was a lot um more involved at complex mm-hmm. and i had a couple of conversations but um it's really me and rich have have grown to be you know um we we've had some really cool conversations i remember one day you know, I would show because I'm coming from Jersey, I would show up a little earlier than some of the other people mm-hmm. at the office. And it wasn't, you know, insane to to walk in and, and see like Rich and Mark sitting in Rich's office talking about, you know, the latest like I think it was Force Awakens, Star Wars Force Awakens had come out mm-hmm. and um, them just debating back. I, we I, we were we had a podcast at one point where we did movies and TV and we always said at some point we wanted to get Rich on there and talk either talking about Star Wars. We're talking about shows like billions, like, you know, the, the, the passion that Rich has for uh, for anything, but specifically things that he's uh, well versed in is always amazing. And, uh, you know, we 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 see eye to eye on a lot of things in terms of content and, uh, you know, the, the direction of, of what complex can and should be. Um, and it's, again, I've been there eight years. So, you know, we, we've had, you know, some time to grow. And but it, it, it's always it's great. And it's actually inspiring to see, you know, how especially rich being able to maneuver complex from mm-hmm. you know a magazine to a you you know like blowing up on youtube to now you know last year they were putting out original series on netflix like you know it's 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 really becoming like a media like just like a major media yep. company you know what i mean it's yeah. it's bigger it's bigger than just a website it's bigger than mm-hmm. just an instagram page it's all of those things and it's becoming more and uh you know you can't help but 
see the way they've moved and and be inspired to, you know, n- not necessarily do it the same way they do it, but, you know, take those risks and do it on your own. You know what I mean? And, but, but, and it's, I know like guys like Rich, the, you know, there, the, <laughs> there've been, uh, you know, talk about them being like, like Rich, especially, like, you know, being a, uh, you know, a very verbose, like if you, if you listen to podcasts, you know, you know, that man can talk, he can talk all day yeah. and, you know, he, he, he's, <laughs> he's, he's very passionate about things. So I, and I know there's yeah. a, you know, there, there might be a certain perception about him, but you know, I've had conversations with him and he, again, one of the, the a lot nicer than you would imagine mm-hmm. for someone that you know what is like think. some of advice you gotten from him outside of like hearing him on the podcast like one-on-one basis you think one-on-one a lot of it is is just you know i don't it's not even like taking risks is 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 a big thing you know it's it's part of it is complex is thought to be like some of this you want to be you know seen as an authority in your lane. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And a lot of that also means that instead of saying, well, Hey, Kanye West is the best rapper, best producer alive. Like everybody, everybody's listening to Kanye Mm -hmm. and especially, you know, years ago, like people knew that he was up there, you know, taking the risk of saying, Hey, you guys might not be up on this guy. He's a little younger. He he might not have as many followers, might not have the, the the biggest catalog, but we see something in him and trying to prop that up. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to toot complexes horn too much, but Mm -hmm. you know, it, it it is the place where Kim Kardashian got her first, you know, cover story. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That, that that was, that was a big deal. And it's still a big, cause look at where she is now like that, that, Mm -hmm. and, and being able to take that risk and say, Hey, we believe that, telling her story right now is the key and now seeing where it developed like you know it you there's nothing better than you know being able to take that risk mm-hmm. and then being proven I, there was um Jarrell Jerome he's an actor who was yeah, in yeah. that movie yeah. he was he was in Moonlight and um mm-hmm. When I saw the, uh, the 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 when they see us the Ava DuVernay yeah. uh, series on Netflix I was like I need to talk to this guy. You know, he, he, he basically for a show or for a series, a, a mini series about, you know, these kids and how they dealt with, you know, this, this horrific, horrendous situation that they had to spend a good part of their lives going through. Um, he was able to take a whole episode and played a man throughout yeah. so many years in jail and, you know, Crazy. all the stuff that was going on. So I had the, con- I, I had to get him on the phone. You know, we that had the con- conversation with Jarrell. It was it was he was so humble he and he was so just like eager to you know you know keep it real about you know because like he spent a lot of time with the subject that he was he was portraying and you know he was he's also like you know trying to get into music he 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 makes he raps as well so we had like a really good conversation but he also mm-hmm. kept he kept it real about you know how traumatizing it could be just, just the idea of playing somebody who's who's locked in solitary confinement you know, having to, he, he said it was hard for him sometimes to break out of that when they yelled, you know, cut on the cameras and things like that. And I was like, you know, I, I knew he was good in moonlight and I was like, this guy's going somewhere. And then to have the conversation maybe a week or two after the Netflix series comes out and to see him just, you know, get, get the accolades at the, during award seasons, winning awards, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that, seeing that certified is is that's it's i don't want to say it's like i won the award but it's kind of like you know it 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 feels great to to really you know up into that yeah yeah 
yeah. put somebody on that pedestal and then see everybody else recognize that it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And I, th- and I remember, I, cause I remember, I remember feeling, you know, a certain way about his performance and seeing he, cause he was doing press already for other outlets. And I'm like, yeah. I, something tells me that they're not getting into the conversations that we can. So we had the, and like the, the, when we posted it, the response was immediate from our audience. Like, yes, this is who we want to talk about. This is, I felt the same way when I was watching this. So again, to see it then be recognized on these, these worldwide institutes, it's a beautiful thing. And I, I would, I don't think, I don't want to say other outlets don't do that, but you know, being able to work at complex and see what complex has done has helped me say, okay, Maybe I do need to take more risks. Maybe, you know, mm-hmm. we, we should try and champion these people who aren't getting the show, especially outside of, you know, the our culture and our community. Because at some point you you can't deny, you know, greatness or at least great acts. Mm-hmm. And and I think being able to be on the forefront of some of those things. I mean, and, you could, go, ahead, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say to just be on the forefront and then see, you know, those those achievements and, and accolades come later on. You know, it, it, it's it's worth its weight in gold for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you because as an actor myself, you kind of have to know, like, I understood that that kid personally has some baggage in him. Right. He definitely got some baggage that he carries that he probably brought that to the forefront. In right. Character. I mean, you know what I mean? To be able to do it, to, to be able to be in that four cylinder wall. It was insane. And then punching and doing whatever he was doing in that scene where he was in the cell. Right. And then uh, that's when I knew I was OK. This kid's bringing some type of emotion that he's probably hasn't brought out in a while. 100%. Probably hasn't dealt with. And this movie, because acting is therapeutic. It's not acting. It's Mm. complete therapy. You're Mm. in there and it's like, all right, what have you got? Okay, cool. How can you relate to this character? What type of emotions do you have? Okay, cool. Now, don't bring me Al Pacino. Bring me you. Right. You know what right. I mean? So I want to see you. Like when we when we were playing characters that other actors played when I went to school, mm-hmm. they didn't want me to act like Al Pacino. They're you know, like, I want you to do something completely different. Like if Al Pacino was doing if it was a, a comedy, uh, if it was a comedy script, I want you to turn it into a sad into a sad script. Mm, yeah. yeah. Flip, flip your emotion. And I'm like, okay, so we're flipping switches. Okay. So imagine doing that for eight hours straight right. every single day. You're yeah. drained by the end of the night. Your emotions are drained because your one classroom is comedy. The other classroom is, okay, now I have to play the sad guy. Now I have yeah. to play the guy that I just broke up with my girlfriend. Now I have to play the guy that I'm in love in the other mm-hmm. class. All these different emotions, different scripts handed at you. So as an actor, a lot of that can weigh on you. And then all these emotions get created and all this baggage gets created. And it's like, and then this role, just like Gerald Jerome's, it's like, all right, now I can take all of this weight and put it into this character, right. and I'm a brand new actor. I'm pretty sure he his his level of like acting just escalated completely. Oh no, hundred percent. I, I mean, and speaking of what you, I remember him telling me that, uh, you know, it, even when he when he was offset and like, you know. His, family members or friends might call you know he said it was kind of hard to 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 get back into the mode Mm -hmm. of just Mm -hmm. dealing with people because of like you said you're spending all day in that role you know with a lot of that hurt and anger Mm -hmm. and and frustration and getting out of that can be rough it's because you know you're you're gonna have to go back to it the next day it's Mm -hmm. it's it's taxing taxing on the on the mental i'd imagine but uh you know i think to portray you know 
that man in that story. It's worthwhile again to see the 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 people who didn't know about the Central Park Five, didn't know about any of that stuff, and now mm-hmm. with, with you know. 2010s vision and you know understanding how america has been for certain oh, people um you know saying like okay that was wrong that's messed up but it's great to see that these people at, at the very least have been able to make it out on the other side of it mm-hmm. i mean that's that's another thing he probably added too, right the history behind it right it's like you know what i mean these motherfuckers did this all right and now you feel like all right fuck that you know what i mean if it was me and then that's when you're like, if it exactly, if it was you, what would you do? Not right. what would Keanu Reeves do? What would you do in that role? You know what I mean? Not, not what Jarrell Jerome would do. You know what I mean? So, it's a beautiful thing. It's stressful, but it's a beautiful, beautiful. Like it's it's a it's a form of art that it's like, it's a beautiful thing. It's a right. beautiful, beautiful thing. And then uh, now, what are some like best advice you you can give in life as far as like and that resonates with you daily? Um, I think one of the people ask me a, a advice on, you know, how, how do I get to work at complex? How do I, and, and I think my, it, it's with anything, I think it is you, at first you have to do the work, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's no, I don't care how talented you are. I don't care, you know, how beautiful you think you look, you know, whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. And you might be the you know, most beautiful, most talented person, but if you can't prove that, when it's time for you to do your job that you can do it or at least show people that you've done it. Like it's, it's all for nothing. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, there, I, I've, you know, had, I, I recently had to hire a staff writer and it's no disrespect to the people that didn't make the, the, make the, uh, right. the cut, but you know, the, the person that we ended up hiring, I realized that like, Oh, she like self-sufficient, you know what I mean? Like she was able to, Work, work at a similar, you know, at a similar outlet, you know, pretty much unsupervised, you know what I mean? And and has done that before running whole websites, you know, um, running whole social channels. Like, you know, th- there's, there's a certain, there's a certain drive. Cause I was the same way, you know what I mean? Even when I, when I, when I first started working at complex, I'm deputy editor of a, uh, well, I was editor in chief for do Androids dance, a dance music site that I mentioned earlier, but we didn't have a social person. I was a social person. So I, you know, after editing and publishing a post, I'm then having to tweet it and figure out the way, the best way to sell it on Twitter or Facebook, you know, starting up an Instagram. Like I, there's, I think there's a certain, um, understanding you have when you can see somebody who has that same drive and and is able to turning out high quality work, but be unafraid to roll up the sleeves and get down in the mud and really start to, you know, do the things as well. Now working with complex for so long, what are some like top three best reviews you've written? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I I think late that some of my best work, I feel, has been in an interview space. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I I one of my first digital cover story that I did for Complex was in 2014. I I went to L.A. and I interviewed Skrillex. He nice. um he I I'd never met him before. I I I he probably wouldn't even know me if I saw him now walking down the street. I've actually talked mm-hmm. to I talked to him one more time after that, but um. The experience, it like we we were doing a shoot. Like I, I literally did the interview 
driving back and forth from the the hiking spot that we did the the photo shoot at but it was a 90 minute drive you know there and 90 minutes back and we sat in the back of a like a soccer mom van just going through his history you know what i mean he was he was mm-hmm. about to put out his first out al- well no he had put out his first album and um you know it had been a big i don't want to say a big departure but you know it was he was experimenting in different BPMs and, you know, so we were getting into that conversation and, and, you know, any, any like flack or, you know, controversy that people throw at him because he was Skrillex. He was looked at, there was a certain stigma about him from people who might be quote unquote purists, not realizing that, you know, he was as versed, if not more versed in, you know, some of these genres as other people were. And he was, you know, he, he was a great guy, you know, great, but he was also very, you know, candid and frank about speaking about that stuff. So I think, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I knew if I could get him to see me as someone who understood, we would be able to have a dope conversation. I think Mm -hmm. within minutes, we got each other's vibe and I was able, we were just, I was just asking him anything and he was, you know, throwing me all types of stuff back. So I love that conversation. Um, what stood out to you the most out of the interview with Skrillex? Um, I think it was, you know, just the fact like, like he, cause he, at that point he'd already had Grammys, you know, he'd mm-hmm. already, like, I think there were like two or three years where he was winning every electronic music category, you know, any Grammy that he was up for, he was winning it just cause he was the guy at the time. But I mean, he was still black t-shirt, black jeans, you know, a, pa- a pair of Vans and like, first you would think somebody who was that big would be so protected. It was literally his publicist was driving the van. It was me. It was him. And like, uh, a homie who was who was like a photographer he was shooting stuff you know outside of the the photo shoot i believe and 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 it was i'm sorry and there was a woman that was a stylist um he didn't i, I went to his studio it was his, he had a nice little studio space i think they actually owned a couple of the studios in this one particular development but um it i mean it wasn't like you know i wasn't walking on like marble floors or i wasn't holding like gold goblets like he was just a guy who loved having fun. It was almost, he was almost too reckless. We were at the, at the hiking spot and uh, you know, he's like, he had so much energy. He's like running and jumping up on these big rocks. I'm like, he could really hurt himself if he's not careful, but he was a skater guy. He's like, you know, a, a rock and roll guy. And he, I don't want to say he didn't care. It was just like, he just, I think he just felt so free. Mm-hmm. you know, with everything. And it was, it was a really dope spirit and really dope to be around somebody like that mm-hmm. who, um, you know, could then turn around and be, you know, see rock out thousands of people at these mm-hmm. festivals. Okay. You know what I mean? It was, it was, it was really dope to be, and I don't know if there's like, you know, I, I've talked to Diplo on the phone. I've, I've interviewed a track, a couple of, you know, the guys who were seen as like the gods of the EDM scene at that time. And I think, um, Skrillex felt like, the freest spirit out of the three mm-hmm. of them, you know, the, the other two are, you know, they, they're, they're about having fun too, but I think sometimes it felt like they're, yeah. you know, more about their business and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and Skrillex was like really just out there having a, a, a grand time. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the, the the conversation with Jarrell Jerome that I spoke with, uh, about earlier was, mm-hmm. is up there too. Just again, just in terms of, the conversation we had and then like the, the impact, you know, immediately. And then, you know, months later when he started to get these nominations and awards in. Um, and I think my third, we, we had a podcast, I think this would have been last year. We had a podcast that we were doing um, called watch less. It's uh, currently on hiatus. Um, 
I don't know when it'll be coming back, but I had a co-host that was working there and he ended up, you know, transitioning to a different company. So it kind of, you know, it, it, it kind of, you know, killed the momentum for a mm-hmm. bit. Um, but we had a conversation with Giancarlo Esposito, you know, Gus Fring from the yeah. Breaking Bad and, and Better Call Saul. He was somebody I've been watching since he was in Do the Right Thing, you know, back, yeah. in, back in the late 80s. my shoes. <laughs> I, ha- having a conversation with him in the summer of 2020 about like, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests and because he has a unique, you know, he he didn't he wasn't born in America. He came to America and he was young and he's of a mixed heritage. So he there's like a lot of ways he sees the world that I think are unique yeah. in, in this type of position. And, you know, he you know, he's it's always great to hear someone be like, oh, that was a great question. But like you could tell that, like, he was really engaged in the conversation, mm-hmm. having fun, but also, you know, you know, leaving time to really get real about um about life and how we saw things. So like it, off the top of my head, those are probably, you know, three of the things I've done while I've been in complex that really stand out um, as, as, as some of my, my personal best word. Mm-hmm. That's dope, man. It's yeah. Cause I remember doing the right thing. I must've watched that movie so many times when I first watched it. Classic. It's so, he said, we're going to boycott, boycott sales. What? <laughs> what? Wait, you ain't boycotting shit. Man, come on, man. Step to my, you, I'm from Boston. Oh man! And I said I'm from Brooklyn. Oh man! Classic. I love that Classic, film. Love and and he's and he's still like still decades later at the top of his of his form. And he steps on the set, and that he's just the guy. You know, you respect him, but he's also just like a really phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's done so many roles. He even did Fresh. Right. Oof. Yes. Yeah. Shouts out to you. Shouts out to you for referencing Fresh. What a great film. What a, yeah. a great. I hope if people haven't watched Fresh, go find it. Go find man, it wherever Fresh, you can and watch yeah, it. Fresh is a. He said, "Man, five bricks. What? I said five bricks. I, said, I don't have no five bricks." <laughs> oh man, oh, Esteban, man. classic. Oh, love it. Love it. Like he, he like set him up, and then big because Big Pun took a took a skit from that movie. Yep. And then put it in the Big Punisher album. Or People. Capital Punishment. Yes, yes. It was the first blah, 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 blah. Yeah, the Punisher will take all of them. All of them. He said, blah, blah, man. You talk too much. Oh, man. It's cla- yeah, Fresh is classic. And especially when he went to talk to um, Samuel L. Jackson. They were playing chess. Right. Life with chess. That was the, you know what I mean? That was amazing. It was up there. It's definitely up there. Underrated. Underrated. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely. I, had, I bought it on DVD. I was like, I had to buy that movie. Yes. No, 100%. You got it. It's got to go in there with, with do the right thing. You know what I mean? But right. No, big facts. Big facts. Crazy, crazy. I mean, yeah, I mean, classic, classic movies in the 90s. Those too many of them. Do you have like top five you have? Uh, that, I mean, do the right thing is up there. Juice is up there. Um, I'm a big fan of Menace to Society as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goodfellas is, nice. is, 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 is a classic too. Um, if I'm going for a fifth film, gosh, what's 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 the, what's one of my left fields? Like I, because I, I like a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, no, um, what am I talking about? Full Metal Jacket, Stanley Kubrick's Full Metal Jacket. That oh might have been the. Aside from The Shining, I think that's my favorite Kubrick film. It just felt. I remember watching it at my cousin's house and and, and being like literally like it felt so real and I was so blown away. And the, it's two, it, it's essentially two separate stories that are connected and. Uh, you know, I, I 
I remember hearing, I, I watched The Shine. I was probably too young when I first watched The Shining mm-hmm. and always having a weird thing about like, oh, Kubrick's this guy, da, 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 da. But yeah. then see, seeing Full Metal Jack and him telling like this, like a particular t- story about, you know, being in the armed forces and what have you and, and what life was like for people go, having to go to, uh, you know, these distant lands and not knowing if they're going to wake up the next morning. It, it was, it was really eye-opening, really eye-opening yeah. film. And, I mean, graphic too, but yeah. Have you seen that movie with, uh, and he died 666 days later after he made this movie. Crazy. Um, it's with Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise. Stanley Cooper did it. Oh, was it, um, was it, uh, eyes wide shut? Eyes wide shut. It's all about yeah. the Illuminati and you could see the references in the movie, like the tree, the, mm-hmm. there's so many different things. And 666 days later, he passed away crazy no he, crazy. he visionary i think he was he seems like he was a very uh, unique person but just the mm-hmm. fact that uh you know his thought <laughs> process was insane insane exactly exactly it's, where the fuck do you okay you're in your head a lot <laughs> you're in your head a whole lot right spend a lot of time there but hey classics and a lot a lot of people get eyes wide shut they don't get that movie it's like you yeah yeah, you have to. A lot of people had to go online. I know I did. I was like, "What's the meaning behind this movie? Like, mm-hmm. there's got to be a message behind it." And then I read upon it, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Because Tom Cruise, you don't see him do roles like that. Right, right, right. It's You're right about that. Not isn't is not in his forte. But it was Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman, I could see doing stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, Nicole Kidman pulled it off. Yeah, Tom but, Cruise is um, def- definitely more of a uh, actiony type uh, mm-hmm. straight man as, as opposed to something that unique. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but even you got to give it up to Nicole Kidman for still staying up there with the undoing and Big Little Lies. <laughs> she is still. I mean, some of those roles feel like they're kind of the same character, but she she's good in everything she's been doing at the very yeah. least. She, yeah, I mean, the character feels the same. Right. I feel like there's a certain connection. Like, are you playing the same character, just have different friends? <laughs> yeah, like just move to a different city. Yeah, just it's like you have a whole different life, double life. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's crazy. But hey, that's Nicole Kidman. You can't yeah. really knock her for for her for that acting. That's an amazing. Speaking of acting, uh, towards the end of the podcast, I actually like to um, honor James Lipton, who mm. hosted Inside the Actor Studios. Um, and he passed away and I kind of, that was kind of one of my favorite shows and I kind of honor him. Right. And the first question is, what is your favorite word? Oh, facts. I, I, I love the word facts. I, I heard Beanie Siegel, uh, overuse the word in an episode mm-hmm. of, uh, the tax season. And we, it, in the office, it was a episode, we would play that interview just because it was facts, like just the way he said it, but it turned into something. And, and, and I, when I say it, it's always an emphasis like word or that's true or what have you. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's it's kind of a mantra in life. Like there's a lot of bullshit and lies out there. So I think when you when you can emphasize that something is a fact, even if it's in a joking way, you say it. facts, mm-hmm. big facts. <laughs> What's your least favorite word? Uh, I I hate the way. I hate moist, and I know that's a cliche. Mm-hmm. Moist is a word that I, I I don't. I only use that term when I I'm talking about like certain things, um, like like <laughs> I, I I don't I don't like going out of my way of using. Yeah. Moist. I just don't like the way it rolls out off my tongue. But you know, some things do be moist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what is your what turns you on in life? Uh, laughing. 
laughing. I think uh, the the ability to laugh. I mean, life can be so serious and so crazy, and it's especially again what's with what's going on in the world. You know, you have to recognize it, but you know, it, it, for people that know me. Um, and, and speak to me, you know, on a regular basis. We're going to make fun of each other. We're going to roast mm-hmm. each other. If I'm not roasting you, or you know, we're we're, we're not shooting the shit and having having a laugh, you yeah. know, we might we we just might not be that cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you like to fry people, pretty much. Uh, pretty fry. much, pretty much. It's yeah. it's. Yeah. It's it's I don't want to say it's a favorite pastime, but you know some people are like up oh, here you go. What, yeah. what, you, what you get it out the way, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, no, I have I have a lot of friends like that. Yeah, I used to I used to hang around with this one specific kid that used to do that a lot. Like, everything I used to do, I used, used to fry me like you this and that, and then I but I picked up from it that I used to just fry other people. Uh-huh. And it's like you can't fry me, bro. Like because I learned from him. Part you him, need yeah. that I, I i have a son my son is uh you know he he's not the best but you know we we've gone back and forth and it's mm-hmm. definitely it, it's been fun to see him improve his his his, his roasting game mm-hmm. it's, it's a skill that you need in life yeah. both to uh to, to get away from people that you know might piss you off but also mm-hmm. again to, to tell somebody you love them without really telling them you love them <laughs> what turned you off in life uh liars i don't I don't like people being dishonest um mm-hmm. even, even if the truth is going to hurt i'd rather hear that than you know have someone trying to coddle that's, that's you. part of frying yeah no facts big facts <laughs> it's 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 what you you, you have to you because you, you have to become accustomed to you know your reality you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's 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 only going to make you stronger if you're like hey yeah well it's it's the fucking uh it's eminem at the end of eight mile you know what i mean yeah. oh you've got all these i'm going to tell you my truths so when I'm done with that, we're going to figure out what you're going to be able to say about me. And, and mm-hmm. dude couldn't say anything. You know what I mean? You you got to you got to weaponize a lot of that stuff. So mm-hmm. so people can't harm you and you can continue on in life. Yeah, it's a, it's a matter of knowing who you are in the first place. Right. Got to figure right. out who you are in the first place. But um, uh, what is your favorite curse word? Uh, that's a good question. Um, uh, fuck. Mm-hmm. I like fuck. fuck. You can use fuck in so many different mm-hmm. variations. Um, again, the, 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 some of them might be, you know, with, with when you would use moist. But, um, you know, I think you the, what is it was Bernie Mac. If it, for someone has not seen any of his stand up, he's got the motherfucker, um, the motherfucker bit where he you, you see how many different ways he flips that word. And it, it's such a powerful word. It's, you can't say it on TV anymore. But, um, you know, it sometimes it's the only word that you can use to really get your he point He hung out on to a uh, damn kid. Damn kids. <laughs> he hung on to that, like, damn kids. You know, I actually interviewed uh, the girl that played the daughter. She's actually really because yeah, she's like, I think in the early episodes. Very, mm-hmm. very dope. That's awesome. Yeah, she was dope. She was very dope. But a very interesting story. Because I talked to her about like when she started in Ghost Dog. Mm-hmm. I took mm-hmm. it way back. And then yeah. like, whoa, okay, we're going to talk about that. Like, yeah, we're going to talk about it. Because that's a great movie. Shouts out Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great movie. Like the whole like windows halfway down mm-hmm. music. Just just so he could hear it. Nobody else. Yeah. cruising with a freaking silencer and just shooting shit and it's like and fin pit pigeons and it's like oh, that's so dope like whoever came up with and then wu-tang all over it yes yeah classic another classic yeah wu-tang all over it i mean yeah so many crazy classics man crazy yeah. but, but um what sound or noise do you love 
Um, like a like bass in a, in in music. I I grew up in um where I grew up in in, in Jersey. It's a lot of like West Indian culture, so you would hear just cars going down the street playing like reggae and dance hall, and mm-hmm. you know I I if I go if I'm out in the world and I hear you know, loud bass coming from somewhere, I probably am just naturally gravitated to just walking over there and seeing what the hell is that commotion. It's just, it's, it's drums are like your heartbeat, but like bass is really just like the soul. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I love it. Love it. What sound or noise do you hate? Um, Donald Trump's voice <laughs> and hearing him talk. I, I can't, I, I, the last thing I listened to was that tape of him with, uh, you know, trying to get the eleven thousand some odd votes. I still votes. need to hear that. I haven't it's, heard that. It's. I mean, it just sounds. It sounds like fraud. Like the definition of you know being a fraudulent person is that 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 conversation. Um, yeah, I, I, I. The last four plus years, I've just. Re- I'm over it. Yeah. Over it. You got to remember where he came from too. It's like you came from greed, bro. So there's no way you're not greedy. Right. You, you're, you're right. It's. It's. I think it's. It's you one came of from it, that era where greed I, was good. You know. I, I, as as a person who always seeks the truth, especially mm-hmm. it's like you know a, a writer and a journalist. I need to hear that stuff, but I I, it, I hate it every time. Yeah, like you he, he, you came in the era with Ivan Bosky. Yeah, <laughs> like you gotta relax. Your no, lawyer no was shysters. Your 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 lawyer was Roy Cohn, who was also yeah. the lawyer of all the five families in the mob. Facts. You gotta relax, but there's also a documentary on Roy Cohn. On, it uh, came out recently, right? Maybe in the yeah. last year or so. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember seeing. I've not checked it out yet, but I remember getting um, press releases on it. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. It's pretty it's, man. It's told from the story of uh, the grandchildren that he, of the grandparents that he executed for that uh-huh. whole um, secret. Like they stole like the atomic bomb secrets. Right. Right. Couple. Yeah. Yeah. He was because he uh, Roy Cohn came under. Um, oh my gosh, MacArthur. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So that was his protege, but he was gay. Roy Cohn was gay, and uh-huh. then once he died from AIDS in '96, every good friend of his was like, they just left him behind. He actually protected Studio 54. He was their lawyer. He became oh, wow. he became a big star at Studio 54. That's crazy. Yeah, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of history with that. That's what I'm saying. It's like Trump. You're not fooling anybody. Look <laughs> at your circle, bro. Like right on bro like but anyways uh what profession other than your own would you like to attempt oh i would i would love to be a dj actually i i if if i had even like a little controller i i I wish that would have been my my 2020 quarantine hobby um i I don't know if i'm too old i don't want to say i'm too old to to get into that but uh i think it's more of a time thing but i i I would i think about music all the time i i I like blending music you know or at least ideas together i I, Mm -hmm. my playlist can be so uh you know one day it's jazz next day it's a lot of you know hip-hop like 90s Mm -hmm. rock like there's so much out there that i i soak up that um i would love to you know apply that to actually putting putting sounds together Mm -hmm. What profession would you not like to do? Um, I I don't think I could be like an accountant. Like I, I, in in my role at Complex, one of the, the sides that I don't like is um, I'm, I don't. This it sounds weird. I I don't like working with the numbers for like people getting paid like i want to make sure people get paid mm-hmm. but like having the the process of like all right let me let me make sure this is in here and you know they, they're 
they shit they're recently like shifting things and i'm like oh no i have to learn this whole new product mm-hmm. it always feels like such a tedious thing just to make sure that the people that did work for me you know get properly paid so i, I couldn't imagine having to sit and look at spreadsheets and and and, and receipts all day long no I, I i stopped doing math in high school when i didn't have to anymore and that's probably why if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates I'd like him to be like, you know what, you you're, you you did some of my favorite interviews, which sounds so selfish <laughs> and so like you know egotistical, but you know it's it's you want to do you want to leave a legacy, you know what I mean? And I think you know a lot of us, even you know, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm the you know like uh, most flamboyant person out here, but I would you know hearing that people read something you did or, or, or genuinely like something that you did is always good. I, 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 I wouldn't need any, I wouldn't need to hear Jesus say it, or, you know, Barack Obama. I wouldn't hear, need to hear anybody say it, but if God was like, yo, that interview you did with Jarrell Jerome was fire. I'd be like, you know what, God, I appreciate you. Thank you very much for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any last words you'd like to give to the people, any shout outs and where can they follow you on the social? Um, you, at Cal Dub on Instagram, K H A L D U B, at Cal on Twitter. Um, if you want to f- look at me, you know, scream at the top of my tweets about Hollywood and pro wrestling and, and anything, any random memes that come my way. Um, those are the best places to find me, um, doing my stuff. Um, I, I want to thank you for having me on. You thank know, you. I, I, thank you. I, I don't normally get a chance to do these type, or I, I don't normally get to be the subject in, you mm-hmm. know, a conversation. So it's always fun to have these conversations. And, and again, like I said earlier, um, anybody who's, who, who wants to know how to get into a, you know, get into even nearer position that I'm in or, you know, advance, hopefully you advance further than me, find out what your passion is and start working towards, you know, whatever you think your end goal is going to be. It, it, it might be, a, it's, it's a grind. I watched the, I watch, it's going to sound weird. I watched a barber who's like, he's very inspirational on YouTube and he talks a lot about, he's very, uh, he's very about, you know, getting to that next level and, you know, putting that work in, you know, that, that 10,000 hours, like I spoke mm-hmm. of. And he said, you know, there's people, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, there's people who get frustrated over the grind. He's like, if you're not struggling, how can you even call it a grind? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you, 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 you have to get dirty. You have to fail. Don't, don't fear that. You know what I mean? Because you, you're going to learn from all that stuff. And once, you know, someone's going to recognize that you've put that work in, put that time in and, you know, reward you at the very least offer you an opportunity that can get you to that next level but don't forget that you're gonna have to get dirty nothing comes for free i don't care how how easy that contract looks you mentioned the illuminati there's other conspiracy theories like at some point you're gonna have to pay i would much rather pay in sweat equity and a hurt back you know and, and and you know missing out on certain things to achieve my goal because i feel like i would have actually earned it Mm-hmm. And it's like Nas said in one interview, he said that everybody wants to, when they first start, they want to already be in that Tupac level and without even seeing the process of how even Tupac got there because they right. don't want to, you know what I mean? And that's the fun part is the struggle, you know what I mean? It's, that's where you learn the most and it's like, exactly. it's the most intriguing part of it. And then once you make it, it's like, okay, what next? And that's right. another thing why I like the, the, so the, the movie Soul. Mm-hmm. It's a great movie. It, it kind of mm-hmm. points that out. It's like, okay. I've reached my goal. I did sing with this lady, but what next? Right. It should always be. It, it, you, you, you have to, it, it, you, 
I don't want to say don't get comfortable, but you mm-hmm. have to always be looking at what that next level is going to be mm-hmm. or what that next goal is going to be. Because once you get complacent, you know, you, you're either falling off or, you know, you realize that, you know, whatever you thought was your biggest dream really isn't worth it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you, you you have to always, always have your eyes on some prize. If you, if you get a million dollars, scheme on how to get the next five. You know what I mean? Right. If you get a platinum plaque, I want to see you go for triple platinum yeah. in, in five years. You know, you always be trying to reach that higher goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, you heard it here. Episode 49 of Intuitive Minds Podcast featuring Cal, Deputy Editor of Complex. Peace. Peace.